Welcome back to the Balance Bully Podcast for ambitious women in business and a few brave men. I'm your host, Nikita Renthigpen. Always excited to be back in the building with you virtually and one day, hopefully someday in person. But for now, I want to kick off my birthday month because this is my birthday month when you are hearing this with an amazing woman who is absolutely brilliant at what she does. She is obsessed with the work that she's working on, which is to help you tap into your zone of genius. Emily Perrone, I have to say, is creative, explorative, brilliant. I've been professionally stalking her Instagram. She doesn't know this, but she's finding out now. And she is completely focused on helping other people do what she's masterfully been able to do herself. Emily Welcome to the BBP. How are you today? Wow. Thank you, Nikita. Uh, I'm doing fantastic. It's just a beautiful day. It is a fantastic day. So would you mind just a couple of minutes of what you do and why you decided to do it? Yeah. So I work with creative entrepreneurs in particular, um, helping them uncover their individual zones of genius. So then they can build a team of support around them. And I got into it partly because I'm so creative. So that's Mm -hmm. why I tend to work with creatives. Mm -hmm. Um, Particularly, I work with a lot of bloggers. Mm -hmm. And so we have a lot of similar struggles. I also had a corporate background. I have a Mm -hmm. master's degree in industrial and organizational psychology. And I ended up hiring early in my business and really struggled. So I made all the mistakes you can make. Come on. (laughs) Me too. Mm -hmm. Honestly, like sparkly and reliable was in my first job posting. Like that was the qualifications. (laughs) You had to be sparkly and reliable. I'm like, you know, so it was borderline successful. Um, (laughs) So, you know, that's kind of how I got into it. I thought, you know, I can do this. And, And I'd say one of the other big mistakes that I made hiring early was I tended to find people who were like me. And mm-hmm. so then I amplified my weaknesses. And yes. so when I really started to understand zone of genius, because mm-hmm. I feel like genius encapsulates so much, right? It covers yes. our personality, our strengths, mm-hmm. our experiences. I, I really love it as this like really holistic, mm-hmm. big picture on who you are. And so uh, just the more that I've dug into that, the more I found I didn't really find the resources in the world, you know, that Google would give me were all that helpful. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the founder of the concept in his book mentions, um, he reflected for a week. That's how he found his zone of genius. <laughs> like I reflected for a week and it didn't work. It did so, not. I'm like, just a week. Really? That's where that I came mean, from. But okay. One week. But mm-hmm. he and I have very, very different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it makes like he had significant like decades more experience than when I was first doing this in my early 30s. And so I was like, that makes sense. Like a mid-50s guy is yeah. going to use different tools than an early 30s woman. And so absolutely, you know, things like that. Um, yeah. So and a lot of it too is geared more toward employees as well, which mm-hmm. is great. Like that's a great segment of the world, yeah. but, and I felt like entrepreneurs and freelancers were really being neglected in this space. And so that's then where my work has come, right? So I've done yeah. a lot of recruiting, a lot of organizational strategy development. And then now I'm like in this space of focusing even more on the zone of genius concept. Yeah. I appreciate specifically 
um, being I'm biased because I'm an entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur for 11 years. I came from a professional world that was super system based because my background is I'm a licensed clinical social worker and trauma specialist before I dove deeper into sexology, relationship advice and human behavior and all the things where now we work with power couples and married women entrepreneurs. And the couples have to have at least one person. Typically, one person is at minimum an entrepreneurial spirit because you and I both know that people who have innate entrepreneurial tendencies, we just think different. We see the world different. It has color. It has sound. It has texture. And not that we're smarter than anyone else because lots of famous entrepreneurs have come from corporate or systemic backgrounds before they tap deeper into themselves and found their zone of genius to use the language that is on par with you before they came over. But it does make us stand out when we're in systems and corporations. We look a little odd. We do things seemingly a little bit rebellious and can often be the the person in the room that has a unique spin on how we could create a solution in a different way that might not quite fly with the culture. So depending on where you are, you can look like us. What did you say in your first posting? Sparkly and reliable. (laughs) (laughs) We can look like that when we weren't asked to be that way, just because Mm -hmm. of the, the way we process. So you specifically carving out your lane and working with people that, yes, you can work with the leaders, the employees, the employers, like all of it, but seeing that your deepest connection is with the entrepreneurial spirit, the entrepreneurial thinker, the person who can who has discovered they're good at a lot of things, but there's only certain things that they are aligned with in their spirit to be best at. And it doesn't mean that they don't have a lot of things that they could check off the box right? They'd be like, oh, listen, I'm your your guy, your girl for all 10 of these things. But what is your zone of genius? Which might be, I'm assuming like a pocket of some really magical awesomeness there. Is that what you're, you've discovered over your time of working with us entrepreneurial spirited humans? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was thinking about how that zone of competence. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with those four zones of work mm-hmm. from Gay Hendricks book? Mm-hmm. So that competence I found it is it is an incredible trap for entrepreneurs because I mean, most of them have been an employee at Mm -hmm. some point, right? We Mm -hmm. we start there. It's Mm -hmm. hard to go straight from, you know, at the beginning to be Mm -hmm. an entrepreneur or a freelancer. It's Mm -hmm. really hard. Some, Mm -hmm. some people are able to do it, but um, you know, but, but what I've noticed is that a lot of people have a hard time because they can do so many things. They have a hard time Mm -hmm. outsourcing those. They have a hard time getting help with them. And, and part of it is, you know, part of it is uh, that they can do it. And so they don't want to pay someone else for something they can do. True. But then also like they procrastinate on those mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. and they don't realize too how much, you know, someone else's zone of genius, they can, they have genius where you have competence. That's yeah. what I think is so brilliant about the four zones of work in particular is that we, we can build teams that complement ourselves as entrepreneurs yeah. and that like that, it took me a while to get there. And I've noticed it's kind of a shift that most entrepreneurs that are outsourcing have to, we have to get there. Yeah. It's not. You know, the culture is not teaching us that. Yeah, no, a thousand percent, Emily. You make a good point because many, not all, but many entrepreneurs came from environments where there were teams of people to do all kinds of things, especially the entrepreneurs that were maybe directors, VPs, or C-suite level. 
And when you have that level, you're used to you're used to delegating to an in-house team of people that you most likely did not have to recruit and hire and onboard and do all the things for that they were already quote unquote skilled and competent at their uh, sub, I'll just say sub zone because we don't know if that's their actual zone of Jesus or just one of the things that they're really, really good at, but they're good enough for you in that. And then when you become an entrepreneur, you get hit with the reality that <laughs> you, my love, are one of all and you are doing all the things, especially in the first six months to a year or so of your business, depending on what kind of capital, whether or not you had investors, all that kind of good stuff. And many people did not. So then you get so used to being a one woman, one man, one human ship of steering. And now you have people like us, advisors that are coming in like, listen, you want to have better balance. You want to be bold about it. You want to make room for that love that you've been, you know, doing all this work for, creating this fantastic life for. So you can actually enjoy all of your work. And we're like, you need to outsource. You need to delegate. And they're like, even with a budget, even not being not having a scarcity mindset. The first thing that I've seen across the, the humans that I've worked with is, oh, I mean, how am I supposed to find someone that's going to compliment what I do? That I don't have to spend all of my time training, that I can mentor to a degree, but has some skill set, some competency, and is not too arrogant or at a place where they feel like I know everything, I don't need your help, even though it is your entrepreneurial business that I'm coming in to help to do. So that's usually the deeper fear once you move budgets out of the way. Mm -hmm. It's the people management fear, basically. And what you're doing from the professional stalking that I did of all your things, (laughs) because I'm very good at that. What I saw that you're doing is you're really helping people hire to complement their zone of genius by not to your point earlier in your personal story, finding people that they just vibe with in the interview. And it feels like they could be a friend because now you got a friend who's so much like you that you're not getting things done. (laughs) Right. And that you're paying every week. Yeah. Right. But, and I was thinking about that fear you mentioned. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that I've done in my hiring process that has really helped, um, navigate that or negate, negate would be a better word. Mm-hmm. Um, that negates that is I've actually ditched cover letters. Mm-hmm. I, I like don't care about cover letters at all. Instead, I ask five questions every time and I just ask them to write, you know, a few sentences because it's basically the same as a cover letter. Mm-hmm. But the best part is one, I always ask, what is your zone of genius? Because mm-hmm. that really helps you get a sense of who yeah. they are. Right. So yeah. if you're hiring a social media manager and their zone of genius is, I don't know, creativity. I mean, just like mm-hmm. they'll be honest with you and yeah. it's really helpful. And it's like, right. well, that's not, I wanted someone who's like super into TikTok. Mm. <laughs> and right. so that's fine. Right. But it's, it's really helpful. And then you can also compare people mm-hmm. so much more easily because yeah. everyone's responding to the same questions instead of this random, mm-hmm. everyone writes something else. Like yes. someone, everyone writes something different in cover letters. So no, I'd love to compare. Do you want to give a little teaser of some of your five questions besides the mm, what yeah. is your zone of genius? Yeah, I can. I mean, I'm even willing to share all five 
if it happens. Um, the first one I always ask is why something along the lines of why they're the best candidate mm-hmm. or, you know, what attracted them to the role, mm-hmm. things like that. Cause I think that really gets at right. the point of the cover letter, right? You already mm-hmm. got their resume or their LinkedIn profile. So, um, I always ask that. Then I ask zone of genius. Um, the third one will vary for social media managers and even for some other roles. I like to ask, what is your proudest accomplishment? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the industry. Cause I think that helps see their experience a little yeah. more. Like if, you know, you can see a lot from that. I'm um, glad you added in your industry at the end of that. Cause I'd be like, Oh, let me see my firstborn. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. right. But like think you're a social media manager now. Right. Like applying right. for a social media manager job. Right. So. I'm totally in my G bunny hat. Like why well, my three and four year old grandbabies are like, Amazing. So that's my answer <laughs> in the interview, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, let's see. I also like to ask, um, I also like to ask if they're full-time. So I just want to know if they have a full-time job or part-time nice. job, or are they full-time freelancing? So I ask something along that. And then my fifth question is always something personal. So mm-hmm. that connects with the brand. So when it's me, I like to hear when I'm posting, I like to hear about what their favorite books and movies and TV shows are. Yeah. Um, Cause it helps me find some common ground and connection with them. When I work with food bloggers in particular, we always ask about their favorite food because otherwise people will spend the whole application talking about how much they love food and don't realize everyone can do that. And actually I've ran into that myself with work as well. Like when I was career coaching, I had the same problem. Everyone would talk about how meaningful, meaningful work was. And I was like, that's great, but you're not telling me why you're qualified. (laughs) And so I try to give a space for, for those kind of things as well. Yeah. I like how you're really looking for the alignment Like that's what the visual word that popped up for me as an analytical creative personally, like the career alignment, like what is that alignment that makes the most sense for you as the candidate, Nikita, the social media manager, Nikita, (laughs) as that person potentially filling a gap that our company is having. Uh, And I, I really, I honor that you're going deeper because a lot of people don't do that. It's a superficial, tactile, you know, how many boxes can I check off, right? Skill set software. And to your point, you can just go to their LinkedIn profile or pull up their CV, resume, whatever mm-hmm. required in the first place. And it it's so non-personal. And then when you hire those people who, yes, have the skill set to do the things, but they're not integrated into the culture that you either have or you're trying to create as an entrepreneur who's finally heard Emily Perone when she said, you need to outsource, you need to delegate. I got it. But oh goodness, this person doesn't vibe with the culture that I'm trying to create. When you come across that for your clients and all the work you do, because you're also managing clients, helping them match people to their zone of genius and hire appropriately. And you're dealing with creatives, which we are fun and interesting batch of humans <laughs> to extract information from that we're not like throwing it up in the air saying, but it kind of looks like this. You know what I mean? And you're like, no, not really because you didn't use words yet. So there's an, all of that context and you're still trying to have a life. So I know you're not trying to be available 24 seven to all of the you know creative energy that comes up at three. Like, oh, here's my answer to Emily's question at 3 a.m. when I'm slacking it over to you. How are you helping the creatives that are just stuck with how to integrate freelancers specifically, because maybe they're not W-2 employees, uh, they're outsourced, 
potentially even to 99 through various platforms, but they want to have them be a part of their back office community, their team community, but still honor and respect that this person has to your point, because you vetted that as one of your five questions, they have other jobs. They have maybe their own business that they're trying to use this platform for. And now as the entrepreneur, I'm switching hats to the other entrepreneur that's hiring that person, the challenge then comes up, can I trust that they will that they will be available for me when, when I need them. And let's say it's 10 hours a week. Will they really be available or will they look at me, me as, as a vendor instead of as a client, which is a different way to view people? Right. Well, I think part of it is it's communicated through the job posting. So I'm really intentional with myself and my clients, Mm -hmm. like capturing the essence of the business owner. I really want to make sure that their personality is infused into it because that job posting is really the magnet, right? It's going to attract or repel people accordingly. And not only do I work with a lot of creatives, but also I'd say they're pretty heart centered. Like I am myself. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I just love that word. I love that phrase too. And so people, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And so we tend, and it's it's almost a non-issue because mm-hmm. when you put that level of care and craft, even into those questions, even the mm-hmm. questions we're asking, because that's a unique thing, you're yeah. all, that even those questions, like not asking for a cover letter and asking for these questions instead, again, it's going to attract or repel people. And I really haven't had a lot of applicants that have made it into an interview that are that way. I'm usually okay. able to weed them out pretty easily. Cause one thing mm-hmm. they'll do is like, they'll put like a really great red flag and a great reason to use questions is, you know, some people will just say like, see cover letter, let's talk. Mm-hmm. Like they'll write that. Let's talk, let's talk, let's talk for all the questions. And I'm like, no, you put no effort into this. Like right. I'm not taking the risk on you and like giving you 30 minutes of my time. If you're not willing to even write two sentences for me, like, the, yeah. do you know what I mean? And so it just, it, it seems to like work itself out by using, by using the processes that, that I've refined and then, and honed. And it's been six to seven years. It's not, yeah. I didn't make this up last week. This is right. This has been quite some time that I've been spending on this. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And that was some clarity too. Uh, Because prior to you explaining that, I was thinking these are questions you ask in real time, like while you have them. But these are the preparatory questions Mm -hmm. that, to your point, screen in or out the best fit, potentially the best fit candidate. Yeah. So instead of asking for a cover letter, I ask for Mm -hmm. five questions to be answered. And really only two to three of them are more challenging, right? Like right. what's your capacity? Like the capacity question is pretty easy to answer. Like, do you have a full-time job or not? <laughs> right. If, well, if, to your point, if they're going to be honest, because they might say, oh no, I have to be mindful how I answer this, or I might not get the mm-hmm. opportunity to interview. And that um, it's not a judgment, but it's a reflection of where they're at in their mindset that they feel like they have to hold a piece of themselves back. Uh, which may or may not vibe with whoever the entrepreneur or leader is that's trying to bring them into their team and have some more time available for them. So I just want to dive into something because you have this new workbook (laughs) that's all about Zone of Genius. And before you talk to us a little bit about why you decided to do this workbook when you already are doing so well and sharing so much information and, you know, attracting your ideal clients and all of it. When you decided to create this, did you 
did you have to make extra space for it or were you already able in terms of your time, mm-hmm. time during the day, or were you able to just fit this in as just part of the project? And we're a little sneak peek mm-hmm. of where I'm going with this is about how you're balancing boldly, right? Mm-hmm. Like in, in your own personal life. So where did this new project, because that comes up for a lot of entrepreneurs, like I'm doing all this stuff, mm-hmm. but I have this new idea that I, right? Like I want to go deeper in because it's more connected, whether they realize it or not, potentially with their zone of genius. So how is Emily making room yeah. for herself with this? Yeah. Well, this one was just like a lightning idea. And so I think I put it together in 20 to 30 minutes. And that doesn't mean it's not, it's not good or it's shoddy work or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It's, um, it's just, you know, I had all these years of studying zone of genius and I just knew what needed Mm -hmm. to go into this workbook. Mm -hmm. And it's something I'd been thinking about for a while. And I remember reaching out to my, my assistant and in Voxer and telling her that I wanted to do this workbook. And then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden that day I was able to write all of the copy in a Google doc of what I wanted to put into it. And then we pulled in a designer to actually Mm -hmm. put it together because I should not design things. Right. Yeah, that's, that's me. Stick figures is as far as we're going. Mm -hmm. I gotcha. (laughs) And yeah, then it, it, over that, then it, once it got in process, once I get the initial idea out, then I do have two, I have two contractors that work with me right now that are really good balances of each other and of me. And so we were able to put it together fairly quickly. I mean, within, within a few weeks, couple months. Nice. And I, I feel you on when you get those downloads that are, right in the confirmation area of your spirit. Like, yep, that's exactly what I need to do. And you don't have to spend a month in analysis paralysis trying to figure out if you should do it or not. That makes complete sense. Well, and I gave myself full permission to like, if we need a new version in a few Mm -hmm. months, I can update it. Yeah, It doesn't have to lit. It's not, you know, it's an, it's an ebook. So you don't have, I mean, it's an electronic workbook. And so Mm -hmm. you can, you can print it, you can use it electronically, but you can also, um, yeah, it can change if it needs to. I cannot take the link. No, that's future. smart. That's smart. That's that. What is that imperfect action? action? Exactly. <laughs> what, 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 what would the kids say? Jinx. We said it at the same time. <laughs> no, I love that. So when you are not helping all the creative entrepreneurs, the bloggers, the other writers in the world, um, I know you work with a lot of coaches as well. When you're not helping them find complementary matches to their zone of genius so that they can really scale and grow whatever empire that they're trying to create, how is Emily giving herself permission to pause? That is such a good question. I think it comes through my journaling. Mm-hmm. I think I I journal, I usually free write for about a half an hour in the morning, nice. right when I wake up, kind of get mm-hmm. everything out of my head. Mm-hmm. And I think I think through journaling over the past, you know, 15, 20 years, it that's that's where it's coming from, right? Because I think it's a very restful way to start the day. It's very gentle. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, I think that's that's where it comes from for me. No, I love that. Um my standing philosophy that's in our personal circle is be gentle and honest. So that privately, there's a lot of times that I'm using that gentle honesty. This is the first time you guys are hearing it on the BBP. So don't be trying to research my personal emails or anything with that. But <laughs> it's definitely something that I stand for as well. And we know 20 minutes of writing a day, especially when you're in free thought, 
scientifically, neurologically makes you happier. Mm-hmm. And that is the the truest reality of that. So you are 15, 20 plus years, and you are a very happy person overall, Emily, which I super appreciate because that complements and matches me really well, selfishly, <laughs> which I'm okay oh, with too you. for so many reasons. <laughs> and I think it's also like to anyone listening, it's never too late to start as well like, yeah. on this path, like with Absolutely. journaling and just the free writing. Yeah. Sometimes I write, I don't know what to write for a little while. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And something else will pop through. So, and, and sometimes that, that musing of yourself and being in that quiet space with yourself, you declutter some of the chaos that was going on from the night before, the week before, the month before, the project before, and you allow, you know, Zone of Genius workbook downloads to come in right in easily and you're able to get it out. Without stressing. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm talking about, honey. All day long. All right. So Emily, how can people connect with you and learn more, including to get your free download? Yeah. So emilyperrin.com slash Z-O-G is the place to grab the workbook. Also, you'll find resources. My blog is on there. And so there's tons of resources out there on hiring and zone of genius and all those things and actually freelancing as well. Mm -hmm. And then I'm also on Instagram. I love hearing from people, especially Mm -hmm. when I'm on a podcast like this. Um, I just love hearing what people think. So you can reach out to me at emily.perrin, P-E-R-R-O-N. I was hearing when you when you were saying um, emilyparent.com forward slash Z-O-G, I was thinking in my head, the place to be because <laughs> Corny lives here and I embrace it fully. So <laughs> there's that. <laughs> and a triple plug for the workbook and the download and to go visit Emily Parent because you obviously are going to be able to tap into some spots in you that you weren't able to access before you met her. Thank you, Emily, for coming to the BBP. We value and appreciate you so much. Thank you so much, Nikita. It was a pleasure. You're welcome. Balance Bowley listeners, I know I had to kick off my birthday month really, really awesomely because why not? Why not? So happy birthday to every July baby out there. You are awesome and wonderfully made. The other months, you're special too, because all my kids are in other months, but we're not talking about you. We are having an intentionally selfish moment to say happy birthday to Nikita. Just taking that small moment. (laughs) Outside of that, I want you to do what I ask you to do every single week, which is enjoy the balance of your day, but do it boldly. 